true self-care is in finding the joy in those moments. You know, you sit down and have a cup of tea. Well, if you sit and have a cup of tea, but you don't relish in that moment and you don't kind of breathe deep and be present, it it might be a beginner step for self-care, but for the self-care that really kind of nourishes, nourishes our soul, nourishes our body, It really requires that being present, being kind of immersed in that present and and finding the beauty in that. I'm Bianca Liamora, and this is Help Me See. This podcast is devoted to the itch you cannot scratch, the fire in your belly, and the forever quest of seeing the deeper meaning of this life we're living. We meet at the intersection of art, self-discovery, beauty, pain, memory, nostalgia, and consciousness. Yeah, it's a pretty busy intersection. (laughs) I believe your photographic practice is a portal of presence and revelation that connects it all. I'm a photographic artist myself, an NLP coach, a mama, an HSB, an introvert, a dog-obsessed person with an unquenchable thirst for vision and not missing my life. This podcast is for the conscious creators in life and art and business. The conversations we have here are committed to honoring the wholeness of life and exploring how to bridge that gap between your distinct vision and your intentional life. We use photographic practice to light the way, whether or not you consider yourself a professional. I hope this podcast feels like a safe place to land and feel less alone, a place to get wildly inspired. And most of all, a place that always reminds you of your own distinct personal power. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Oh, it has been a minute. I have been in the swirls of life. My kids started a new school. We got the after school meltdowns happening. All the things, all the things. And you know, in this season, I'm really leaning into giving myself space. So when I think to myself, you know, am I going to drink coffee at 10 o'clock at night to stay up to get the podcast episode out this week? Or will I just skip and let it come out next week? (sighs) I've been letting myself skip. And there's two things that I want to say about that. One, There's relief. There's relief in giving yourself grace and there's relief in choosing you and choosing your needs over an expectation or a weight that you're either putting on on yourself or someone else is putting on you. It doesn't matter. Um, So there's strength and there's power in putting that down but also there's something that I believe to be the silver lining of it that kind of confirms and affirms in me how I feel about this podcast in general is there's that feeling of like oh missing it like it's so it's so funny most often I don't have a guest and today we do have a guest uh um, she'll be on later in the show. Her name is Lisa Berman. And, um, but I really wanted to talk to you first because 
I feel like even though I'm sitting in my basement most of the time or in my car talking to myself, it still feels like I'm talking to someone. Like it still feels like I'm actually talking to you. So it's weird. It, in a way, when I don't do the podcast and it takes me, you know, I take some space, I kind of feel like I, this is going to sound really fucking weird, but it's like I miss this anonymous person. <laughs> it's like I don't, it's a very specific flavor of expressing and communicating and um, tethering to myself in relation to speaking my truth to someone who's listening and whether you relate or don't relate or it helps or it doesn't help. I, you know, there's just something about recording an episode, recording me just reflecting on what the F is going on and my truth and knowing that someone's listening to that and it could be helpful for them. So anyway, I really missed it. I have missed coming on here. And um, this episode, we have Lisa Berman, who is a life coach and a mindset coach that supports others living a life of harmony with their own values and vision. Uh, She's an author and a public speaker and has a weekly newsletter and is the host of her Cup of Gratitude, Conversations to Inspire and Uplift. Um, And you can find her links in the show notes if you want to connect with her and learn more about her um, and her offerings that she has coming up as well. But, you know, the reason why she's on the show is because I had posted something, now this was a while back now, um, about photography as self-care. And she commented and she's like, Oh yeah. I mean, it is a crucial part of my self-care. Like her Instagram is called Saturday sunrise because every Saturday she would wake up and walk to the beach to see the sunrise and take a photograph of it. And it became uh, a ritual and something that was a really important outlet for her. And, uh, it just brings me back to photographic practice as a modality that serves you deeply. It has the capability to be such a force in your life. And part of me wonders if I've leaned so far into photographic practice that it's become my crutch in communication, like visual communication and expressing myself, expressing my love. Um, You know, I had just posted something on Instagram. (laughs) um, And it says, why is it so hard to articulate what I know the most? And yet it's so easy to take the picture. Oh my gosh. Does that resonate with you? (laughs) If it does, can you like, please tell me. (laughs) 
<laughs> it makes me feel like an alien because it's like I can take a photograph of something and immediately it's like I know 47 different light years of in an instant of all of the meanings and all of the threads and why I feel this way but in an abstract way it's just embodied in that image and in my feeling of taking the image and yet when I go to express it verbally how I want to communicate sometimes I just choke on my words part of me feels like of course the human language, as extensive as it is, it's so freaking limited. Of course. And I'm at peace with it. And then there are other times where I want to rip the hair out of my head. And I'm like, oh, can't I express myself concisely and <laughs> and in a way that feels right? Um, so that's something that I'm playing with these days. I'm I'm starting to write more. I'm I'm recording some meditations on uh, insight timers where I'm sharing them right now. Um, I have some ones that are uh, private to my conscious creator students. Um, but there are a couple that are on my insight timer right now that are completely free. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, so if you want to listen to those before you start your editing process or before you get out of the car and go into a photo session to photograph, um, I've heard that they are serving people well, and that makes me so, so happy. But what I love about writing the meditations is it feels like poetry to me. And I don't know, there's something about it that just opens me and expands me. Um, I don't know what rules I think I have to follow to be clear, to clearly express myself in other avenues. But through these meditations, I've been able to not write complete sentences to really just let it be what it is and to let it be as abstract or as specific as it is and um, really flow into that. So that has been uh, a really enjoyable experience for me lately. What about you? Yes, you. (laughs) Dear one who's listening, what have you been doing lately that inspires you? that actually gets that energy flowing inside of you. And you know, the distinction, you know, you know, some, one of the thing we, t- one of the things we touch on uh, Lisa and I, in our uh, very just casual conversation is this idea of self-care as a checklist versus self-care as something that you're actually being nourished from. So when I ask you, you know, what have you been doing lately that gives you that, that gives you that nourishment, that gives you that fulfillment, uh, you know, we all know the difference between going to a yoga class and having this like profound reset and going to a yoga class and be like, hurry the fuck up. I have shit to do. Oh my God, is this done yet? (laughs) And there's no right or wrong with it. And if, if you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know nothing right now. I don't feel like I have space, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just an opportunity to take a beat. You know, just the fact that you're listening to this podcast episode right now, 
um, I don't know, maybe instead of finishing it, you press pause and go do something for yourself. Or maybe this is what you do for yourself is uh, walking while listening to a podcast or doing the dishes while listening to a podcast, whatever it is. I've really been trying to get extra honest with myself. And today for the first time in, I mean, honestly, almost a year, maybe prop a more than a year. I don't know. My memory's a blur, but I got on the Peloton and only for half an hour. And I'm like, why, why have I not done this for a year? Why did I feel like I did not, it was not possible. And every spare minute must have been either, you know, reading in order to uh, take notes and draw connections and being in the work. I know better than that, you know, but that habit, that behavior, those thoughts, those emotions are so addictive. Um, So I'm proclaiming it here. I am looking to create a new habit of actual self-care and not just Self-care in the form of, um, I want to lose however many pounds or whatever it is, and then I'll stop afterwards. I, I'm looking to create space for myself in a way that feels right and unconditional. So what is that going to be for you? What is a way, the tiniest of ways or the most significant of ways or anything between that you could decide on a new habit that serves you a new habit that feels good and right for you. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that today. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Lisa. Um, she's just such a darling. and. Um, we, I had met her through a mastermind that I'm in, and this was our first time talking one-on-one together. She's usually a square on my screen, so she felt oddly familiar yet new at the same time. Um, and Lisa will just walk you through her thoughts around practicing self-care and gratitude uh, through her experience as a life coach and through her own personal experiences in life. Enjoy. How are you, Bianca? Hi, how are you? Wow, how are you? Good. It's so good to meet you. I feel like you're so familiar, but not because we've never talked one on one. I know. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I paid a visit to your to your website and just learned a little bit more about you. And I realized like when I looked at your about me that um that picture, the reason why we connected over you letting me know that you did actually use photo taking as self-care oh, right. kind of like yes. a core component of your story I thought it was just like an aside but yes. like, oh my gosh yes. this is this it is, is you know it's so <laughs> funny because like my my ta- my Instagram is Saturday sunrise and I'm sometimes I'm like oh I should change that and then I'm like no like that is right the kind of the sunrise and the is was such a critical kind of piece of my journey of self-care kind of when things were really hard and chaotic 
that it, I'm like, no, that, you know, and people say, I thought you went, I, just yesterday we were at the beach and somebody was like, so you went to the beach every, every day. I'm like, no, 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 Saturdays. I'm only committed to Saturdays. <laughs> I said, sometimes if life is, is cooperative, I go down more often, like for a sunrise or, you know, but I said, no, my commitment is Saturdays. So <laughs> <laughs> don't overcommit me. Right, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. Can, can you take us back then to that story just for the, for, for whoever's listening, um, Lisa, yes. Lisa and I are in um, the same uh, mastermind group with uh, Amber Lillistrom. Yes. And I had posted something. Sorry, I'm getting my notepad out. Sometimes yeah. I write notes. Um, I had posted something about photography as self-care. And Lisa was like, oh, yes, I've done that. I'm like, really? Can we talk about it? And yeah. then Lisa's here. And yeah. Lisa is a life coach. And we'll put her resources in the show notes. Um, but really I would love for you to tell us your story and how Saturday sunrise came to be and just whatever feels like it's on top for you. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll, I'll start kind of with a little piece about me. I, um, just that, you know, as a coach, as a mom, um, and I work in the mental health field. Um, so as a life coach, I really kind of strive to work to support women in, kind of living a life in harmony with their values and their vision, not life balance. Cause that's like, there's as a mom, you know, that there, there's no reality to life balance. There are times when you need to give a hundred percent to family members or whatever, you know? And so, um, and really um, finding joy, cultivating joy and gratitude are kind of two of my cornerstones in that, in that process of kind of living a life in harmony and and self-care is such a critical, critical piece. And, you know, you hear all of the, you know, can't drive your car on an empty tank. Those cliche comments, but there's absolute truth to them. And so it started in, I think, 2011, 2010, somewhere back then, um, I was our family life was very stressful kind of financially. I was working 50, 60 hours a week, kind of trying, just trying to support the family with three kids in school and a hundred activities. And um, I knew that I needed to carve out something for me because there was nothing for me, <laughs> you know? And so I um, started going to the beach on Saturday mornings. That was kind of like that before the kids were up, before the day's activities, I could kind of go walk, take pictures. So it just kind of grew into this. Um, as I was seeking the light, the light found me, you know, and it was kind of this process of emerging from kind of being in a really anxious kind of sad it was a hard really hard space for us as as a family kind of deal and so it was in that practice of going to the beach kind of witnessing really the wonders of a sunrise you know kind of the the miracle of the new day that and and really kind of sinking into 
the gift of each of each new day. And some of my favorite sunrises are those cloudy ones. So those perfect summer days are, well, I'll take these summer days, but I can tell you a summer sunrise is not my favorite because it is very, it's kind of the same a lot. It's when there's the clouds and there's ice or water, you know, there's other elements. So kind of those such a great metaphor for life because when everything is just easy, easy, it doesn't necessarily feel magical. But when you kind of are navigating little challenges or big, you know, big challenges are harder, but you kind of relish in those high moments or those joyful moments. So it's just kind of been a, a fun. And so I have been doing it for all those years of going on Saturdays and then I share it on social media and um and that was really kind of my my way of working through a hard a hard space and certainly my life is very different now that <laughs> I have much more than just a Saturday morning for my self-care when people struggle with navigating self-care right I, I get it and and it really takes um a commitment to taking care of ourselves so that we can be there for our loved ones. So yeah. what, what was, well, one, I totally resonate with the, the not perfect, the not idealistic sunrises. It, it's that contrast. I think it's like, ah, oh, the, <laughs> despite this, there's that. And yes, that's yes. a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. I want to know when you were seeking sort of that outlet for yourself to have space for yourself, were, were those walks your first um, go-to? Is that something that you intuitively knew would help? Did you try other things? And what really took you to the point of, I, I, I need to find something. And I love how you call it a practice because that's what I, I feel like it is. It, yeah, it's it a is. Practice. It is and a there's practice. something very special about um, embarking on something that isn't for something else necessarily. It's not, there's not a point, a clean point no. to it. Right, right, right. So I don't think that I had any plan. Do you know? Like, I think that I remember sitting at the counter with a friend and we were just kind of talking about lots of different things. And I went, oh, sunrise, I'll just go every Saturday and take a picture of the sunrise and just kind of be witness to the beauty. This, the, you know, really for me, it's God's gift. It was just, I could assure that that was the moment of time that I could carve out for me in a place that felt nurturing, that felt like I could feel uplifted by God. I could feel God's presence. I could be kind of quiet in in my own space. And, and then it just grew into something that I couldn't not do. Like, <laughs> the compulsion. Do. <laughs> like, it could be, there were years where it could be raining and I would just go anyways, you know what I mean? And, and, and in, in that practice, you can go on a rainy day and still see a little glimmer of light. Can you talk a little bit about the photo element of it? Like why the take a picture part of it? Because uh, sunrises specifically, I feel like have this uh, 
there's this note that comes with it or like the picture never does it justice, but that doesn't mean there's not a point in taking the picture. Right. So, so what, what do those, what does that practice of like taking a photograph feel like for you? What does it do for you? You know, that's a, I love that question. I think that I've always loved photography. This isn't my phone. This is my camera. And I know it's not your camera, (laughs) but it's my camera. Once I had kids, I went from using all the apertures and stuff to the point and shoots. And then the phones came up. I really think it was to capture the beauty. And then I loved sharing it. I really love, you know, there's so many people who don't get to see a sunrise. And and it's such a beautiful thing. And so I think it was really um, kind of that opportunity to share the beauty of the day with people. And you know what's really interesting, Bianca, is that, right, sometimes pictures don't do it justice, but there's an absolute flip to it because you take the picture of the beach and you cut out all of the periphery and it makes the picture so much more intense. So there are days I go, the sunrise was actually more gorgeous than what the camera captures. But more often than not, it feels more vibrant because it's all, it's, you know, you've, you've trimmed out all of the extra that just kind of can wash it out. So, so, so I love that. Yeah. Like, do you mean when you like zoom in, it kind of like you fill the frame with the sunrise portion and then like all that space is gone? All the space is gone in any picture. It doesn't matter if it's like, if it's like a a zoomed out picture and the sun is like this big. Mm -hmm. And so you have more sky, but you don't have all of the sky because you can't capture all of this. And so no matter what, it cuts out the stuff that washes it down, which I just find that so fascinating. Different days, the picture doesn't do it justice. And other times it's like, wow. Was it really that gorgeous? <laughs> <laughs> or did I do that? <laughs> See that? Like when you capture the little kids and the parents and and it's so right intense, right? It's so right in there and so intimate that all of the extra stuff is washed out and you just are kind of held with that that absolute beauty of the moment. Yeah, I think that that's, I I just love how the act of taking a photograph is you have this tiny square and it compared to everything around you and it's just wherever you're choosing to point this. Yes. and especially, and even if you if you use a real camera, the score is even smaller. It's like exactly, <laughs> exactly like, right. What are you pointing it at? And that, like, you have such power in that. And I think for me, like, one of the biggest draws is, oh man, I I most certainly have undiagnosed ADHD. I have such an issue focusing. But when I have that thing in front of my face or my cell phone, I I I have a love equal love for both. Um, I get to focus. I get to choose my focus and it's more of like an active focus. And I don't know, it really just grounds me and centers me and pulls me in. And that evidence of what you see is like, you can even, I don't know if you resonate with this, but there's like different kinds of 
picture taking. I don't believe we have to choose between being present and taking the photo. I believe that like we could respect our impulse to take the photo, take a snapshot and be done with it. Or we could use the photograph as like a, a way to engage in seeing. And it's like, oh, I really want to zoom in and I really want to look at what I'm doing and frame it. And there's just both kinds. Both kinds. And and yes, because I um, love to take pictures of flowers. And so throughout the spring and summer, I have different flowers in bloom in my yard. And I go through and I take pictures and I zoom in and then I sometimes I create reels or I just post. And I find that that is for me self-care, too, because it's I'd like that. It's that engaging, right? So I can go and engage with the flowers and I can cut them, which I do with all my peonies. They never stay on the bush. They're cut and they're in my house. But my lupin, I go out and I take pictures of the bees with them. And it is that, that it's that it is that you're engaging with these, with these inanimate objects with the flowers or whatever it is you're engaging with it and I think finding it helps you find the beauty in it you know I talk I talk a lot about cultivating joy finding joy and going out and doing those little those little things and for me if I'm kind of feeling stressed and I need a break a three-minute walk through my yard to kind of look at the flowers and take pictures of them. And then, you know, you zoom in, you make it bigger Mm -hmm. and you can really see the details of the flowers. And so then not only do I get to like enjoy it in that moment of cap the act of capturing the pictures, but then I get to, I get to have fun with it and be creative with it in other ways as well. And kind of really notice at a, different level than if I'm kind of just out there breathing in the sunshine and the fresh air and enjoying the flowers. The act of taking a photo, it transmutes it from like looking to seeing. It's like you can look and, but sometimes you're not seeing. And I think that, that, that camera is a magnifying glass for like all of the inside of us to like really see and really feel it. And then the photograph is like, this artifact that you it's frozen in time, but I i think they're just magical because they, even though they're a static thing, it continues to transform and transcend because every time you look at it, you're looking at it with new eyes and right. you're able to see like common threads. Like, I feel like I know my pictures, like even the most average picture, like I remember once somebody using a picture, you know, and, and I was like, wait a minute, that's my picture. You know, like, yeah, I just, I was like, wait a minute. And then, you know, you go through and I'm like, oh yeah, that is my picture. It's so funny. You wrecked your soul, recognized it. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you just, right there. It's kind of written on your heart. What I love about looking at old pictures is, and even new old pictures other than a picture you took five minutes ago. If you take yourself into uh, your seat of consciousness, you can look at them and like witness what you witness. So I think it's really yes. beautiful to look at the pictures and and as you're looking at the pictures, pretend a stranger took them. And then you start wondering about the stranger. Like, I think it's really fascinating how if our children ever take a picture of us or whatever they take a picture of, we're like, oh, look what he thought was important. How sweet, how sweet. But it's like, 
same thing happens with us. Can you look at your own pictures and look, oh, look what I think is important. Look yeah, at that. I, you know, I um, started scrapbooking when my, so my oldest is 29. So when she was probably two or three, I started actively scrapbooking and they do, they love to go through because they're, I don't have an electronic scrapbook. I am all like, <laughs> you know, and they love to go through those pictures and and the memories that get stirred up and the right what was important. And, and I love, I have quite the collection of pictures. It's so much, but it's such a, such a gift. Like my great grandfather was a twin and I have pictures of them when they were probably five. And to hold those pictures for me is it's timeless. It is a beautiful connection to who I am and to my life story, you know, the good and the bad I think mostly the good, you know, you know, I mean, for me, it, it it's all good. You know what I mean? I think it'll be so fascinating for whoever's looking back on pictures from today too, because when you think of old pictures, there's a very standard type of template we think about because well, one, it was less available. And so right. a lot of them were more formal or everyone was more put together or, um, you know, now it's like more and more normalized to take holistic documentation of our lives. And it's like yes. the good, the bad, the super, super casual, the formal, like it's all there. It's and then all like a lot, there. all yes. there. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what that experience will be like, because it, it does help you feel more connected to your past, but then it's also like, Oh, I always think my, my father, my grandfather was a musician and I'm like, Oh, there's all these pictures of him in suits and like with instruments and looking all fancy and sweet. But I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to see a picture of him just slouching around drinking a beer, you know? Right, right, right. Right, <laughs> right the real life, right? The real yeah. life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. yeah. I also, um, years ago, Darling Magazine um, had a photo a day, like they did a photo a day challenge on Instagram. And I did that and I still do one, not consistently, but like I, I see what it says and when I do it, I do it. And if it, and then if I can connect it to kind of my coaching business, even better, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, um, and I find that as self-care, Um, and, and it's a creative outlet for me that I just, right. I have fun with doing that too. So, so it sounds like self-care is like a really big staple in your, in your practice. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about your practice and like what you find is really helpful and in helping others? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think, and for every person it's different and, and it's also a process and a practice and it varies, like there's no perfect way to do it, right? We we evolve over time. And when you've got little ones, it looks one way. And when you've got, you know, your kids are basically out of the house, it can look differently. Um, but I think that kind of tapping into those things that bring you joy, those things that nurture your soul, um, is so important, you know, as women, we, 
we carry a lot of responsibility in the home. You know, we are, you know, work or have businesses. I know people, right? I have my business and I work. And, you know, we're responsible, you know, oftentimes for meals and a lot like uh, the organizational piece of the house, even even if your 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 partner is a huge help. It's in our brains, you know, so, so so we carry it like just by nature of who we are. Um, and so, you know, I have to comment. It's funny that you say that I have a pretty modern house in that like there are responsibilities that are very even like my for me folding laundry I, I feel like a rabid squirrel I'm like oh, I can't there's so many things I'd rather do than this and my partner has totally at peace with like folding and watching a movie and he's fine with it so I'm like whatever it's fine right. but what's funny when you pointed to your head I'm like it's so true even no matter how I think that there's something that's just in us because no matter how modern or different it is in actuality in your home, there's still this very ingrained, like antiquated way of being, even if it's not lived because the other day my partner goes, Oh, his sister was coming into town and he's like, Oh, I ordered a pizza. So you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And then I hung up the phone and I was like, it's assumed that I'm worrying about it. Right. It's assumed. It's just assumed. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's funny because, like, it's and he's the most well. He's so yeah, supportive. Exactly. So, right. But still, he assumed that I am the one worrying about it, and I am the one worrying. About right. It. Right. 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 Yeah. And 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 so I think that we can lose a part of ourselves in kind of in all of the roles that we play, and in kind of juggling all of those pieces and yet we give so much of ourselves to clients to our work to our family be it old be it young there's just so many pieces that when we don't take care of ourselves it's harder to regulate our own emotions it's harder to say yes to doing those things that we love to do because it, you you kind of can get bogged down. But when you carve out that time to take care of you, it makes it easier. It gives you that space for clear thinking and for problem solving and to shift your mindset. And so part of my practice is, so I have my sunrise Um, but I journal every day, like I, every day, and I don't know how long I've been, I didn't journal every day when I had, when my kids were young, right. That my self-care practice looked different than I think if I could go back in time, I would probably do things a little bit differently and go back and do what I do now because my I journal and I kind of journal about the day before kind of what went well what didn't so I might do some bitching about things I might it might be neat occurrences or kind of those serendipitous moments kind of paying attention to those I try to really approach things from kind of an abundant mindset and and with the gratitude so I kind of do journaling and then I do 
gratitude journaling. So I write three things that I'm grateful for kind of from the day before, right? So sometimes it's I'm grateful for a good night's sleep and this opportunity to have this quiet time in the morning to reflect and write. It's not just a bullet point thing. I kind of talk about it. You know what I mean? Like try to kind of experience that gratitude in, in that writing. And then, um, and then I do three things. It's kind of a, a setting an intention with gratitude. So one of them is grateful for the many ways abundance presents itself in our lives, right? So there's time, there's money, there's love, there's just, you know, There's so many different ways that abundance comes to us each day. And so to really kind of put that on the forefront of of my mind so that when I go into the day, I have that awareness of those things that are going right and that are our blessings. And so I kind of do three things that I'm grateful for setting intentions. Last year, the we, uh, the five of us went to Italy. And so for probably three to six months before our trip, one of those intentions was I'm grateful for our trip, that we're all healthy, that the flights are safe, that we laugh and we love and we, you know what I mean? And we didn't have a hitch. And it was in the middle of all kinds of issues that were arising here and there. And I was like, oh, was just, you know, the power of setting intentions is is really huge. And so journaling and then a, doing kind of a reflective reading, um, that's kind of part of my morning routine. I've added yoga in the past couple months, and that has been, okay, I'm a whole new person. So, so. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the last, my last podcast episode uh, was with Melanie Hale. She's my yoga instructor. And I told her that like, it was it wasn't until her class I was like oh I get it like oh yoga I get it you know a common thread that I'm finding in in everything you're saying and it it really solidified it's it's a thought that came up in my last episode and now it's kind of blossoming here is that I think a lot of times these self-care habits that don't stick can happen when you're doing it for self-care right? You're doing it for that. You're like, "Ah, check, I am self-caring, you know? Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. When you find everything you're saying is you're like, oh, the yoga stuff because, and you described it very viscerally, like my muscles respond better when I'm like, you talked about the presence of it with the journaling you talked about. And I try not to talk about it in the future. It's, I feel it as I'm writing it. It's like, you find the things that like pull you in with, with photography, uh, I wish I I wrote journaled more, but photography is my visual journal. So like yeah, that really. is yes, cool. and I I use it like compulsively. Like I take pictures of stuff that you're like, what the fuck is she taking a picture of that for? <laughs> I don't even know. But I I'm here. I, I got you on that one. Yes. To respond to like whatever I feel like, even if it's like something disturbing that I feel, I'm like, I don't know if it viscerally strikes me, it's my reflex and I'm, I respect my reflex now. But with all of those things, what I find to be the most crucial, if you're going to call a benefit and pull it out of its presence and you're like, well, what does it serve you to do that? I think all of those things brings hindsight closer to now 
Like when you, like all those things that are, are in you, when you're given a prompt to journal on or something, mm-hmm. it's like you, you, the things that come out of you, you're like, oh, like, of I course I feel know. that way, but also I didn't really realize consciously that I felt that way. Like you said something like you pulled it to the forefront and you pointed to your forehead, whatever you were talking about. And it's like, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's bringing it out to see it in front of you. And then you can make more conscious decisions around it, like uh, really enjoy it more, sink your teeth into it more or let it go or, you know, whatever it is, it just brings it all up and like puts it out there for you to see and make the unconscious conscious. Conscious. I love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head that, that self-care shouldn't be a, I mean, for some people it has to be that to-do list kind of to get them to to shift their habits right but that that true self-care is in finding the joy in those moments you know you sit down and have a cup of tea well if you sit and have a cup of tea but you don't relish in that moment and you don't kind of breathe deep and be present it it might be a beginner step for self-care but for the self-care that really kind of nourishes, nourishes our soul, nourishes our body, it really requires that being present, being kind of immersed in that present and, and finding the beauty in that, whether, whether it's taking pictures of flowers or people, walking the beach, walking in the woods, or, or even that dripping sweat on a run or in a yoga class, different things bring different people joy. And I think that that, that self-care is, is part of that cultivating joy. I think it requires um, a lot a, a level of honesty with yourself to be like, am, am I really it, like, I know this is good for me, but is, do I like this? Cause there's a bajillion things you can do for your self-care. And, and you know, I know that for me, it can be hard with the meditation. I'm like, everyone, everyone finds so many benefits to meditation. I will find my way of enjoying meditation. And there are so many times where I'm like, in the yoga class, before I found this teacher that I really respond to and resonate with, um, I remember doing yoga, being in down dog, being like, oh, get me out of here. I have so many things to do. I'm like, this is not the point. <laughs> like, just yeah. because I did it doesn't mean I reap the benefits of it because I was it was driving me crazy. And I just think that there's just so much abundance and so much opportunity available to us when we're just honest with ourselves about like what's working and what's not working because your self-care doesn't have to look yes. like Right. And, and I think that, that, that awareness of when it's not working it, you know, and that's why it's a practice, whether it's yoga or other self-care activities, it's a practice because you're learning about yourself. You learn what doesn't work. You learn about what doesn't sit well with you, but it sits well with other people and that's okay. It doesn't have to sit well with you because you are you and what nourishes you is different than what nourishes me. And and so often it is playing around with different opportunities, right? Like a yoga class, right? So you've done yoga and you found a yoga instructor that speaks to you. So now it works. 
that being present is such an important part of life. I think that curiosity, remaining curious with what does and doesn't work for you without judgment. Like what is, yes. I love when, when Amber says view, to view it with neutrality. I think that is yes. such an important part. The neutrality in the witnessing, it's crucial to the, our stamina with it because it requires so much energy to judge ourselves in like what's right and what's not really, and why it is and why it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The judging ourselves, judging others, it really um, doesn't do anyone any good. It tears us mm-hmm. down and it tears down the relationships when we are judging others, it tears down our relationship with them. When we're judging ourselves, it, it tears down our relationship with ourselves as well. So, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of practice to let go of that judgment. I love those activities of kind of letting go. And in different courses that I've run and different kind of workshops, I'll use, it's called flypaper. So you kind of roll it in a tube and yeah. you light it on paper and one of my favorite activities so is to have people let like what do you want to let go of kind of like a full moon activity right what do you want to let go of and I can remember judgment I was always writing the word judgment down yeah you know what I mean like why 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 do I keep going there why can't I just be and accept things the way they are and not pass judgment on others, not pass judgment on myself. We're really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do any of us mm-hmm. any good. Well, you said was. So, have did you feel like you? Yeah, you know, energy? it's interesting, right? As as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I don't think that was what I wrote last time. And if it was, I definitely feel like I'm in a I'm in a better place than I used mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's, you know, mm-hmm. these, life is life is a process. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And we're all works in progress. So I think mm-hmm. even when you feel like you've mastered something, it mm-hmm. comes back mm-hmm. for you to practice dealing mm-hmm. with it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so funny how we, things can feel so big for so long. And then when we do uh, overcome or accomplish or whatever, right. move past, there's not even a, there's no acknowledgement. There's not even a like, oh, good job, me. There's nothing. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah, that hasn't been a monkey on my back. Oh, yeah, I guess right. I'm pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there anything else that's on top for you right now that you feel like talking about? Is there anything else that that comes up often for you in your, in your practice, in your coaching practice that you think is, um, is a widespread uh, issue you want to speak to? Oh, interesting question. I feel like we've touched on that cultivating joy and finding joy. I mean, that is one of those things that I am often supporting women in that because, uh, you know, whether it's burnout from work, whether it's burnout from life, um, it's so easy to kind of get get lost and and finding those moments of being present and kind of looking at the beauty that surrounds you and and finding gratitude in that you know 
we haven't talked much about gratitude, but I think that that is, so I host a kind of once a month (laughs) cup of gratitude. It kind of varies depending on different things. It's not really a podcast. I have a guest and we do an interview kind of like this, but it's an open forum. So guests can join the call and then ask questions and stuff like that. So that's kind of been, that's been one of my fun babies for the past probably two years. Um, Just learning how people's gratitude practices um, kind of came about and what their practices are, because there's just such an array of gratitude practices. People, sometimes people don't even consider that they have a gratitude practice, but based on kind of how they do things, they clearly do, you know? So, so I think gratitude is one of those other pieces that I like to dive into. I think that the major point of what's needed for everything that we've talked about is space, like to give ourselves the space to to have that, to have the presence, to have the gratitude, to have the moment for yourself, to have the whatever. How do you help people break away from the the norm of every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the taste because it wasn't. I mean, sunrise is not a convenient hour. Like, no, you... <laughs> no, no. And and I think, right, thank you. I think you, it's so important. I mean, it really is about knowing what your priorities are and being intentional about it. And, and it takes kind of committing to you, committing to taking care of you. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a client where like, she would every hour get up from her work desk and just take a walk, paying attention to something to be grateful for or something that was beautiful. It could be a piece of artwork hanging on the wall or it could be the sunshine or the pitter-patter of rain and and just kind of pausing in the fullness, right? So we can kind of say in the chaos of the day, but when we say in the chaos of the day, that's just really inviting more chaos. But when we say in the fullness of the day, it really shifts our energy. And so, so often it is even the language that we use impacts how we feel about things. So if I talk about my day being chaotic, I feel dragged down. If I talk about my day the fullness of my day, the fullness of my week, it kind of feels expansive. And it feels like, ooh, like, there's some good stuff in there, right? And there might not be, you know, you you might ha- be having a, you might be having a really hard time, but it, there is a fullness. And when you kind of look at that, I think it's then also easier to see the gifts and the blessings, even in those hard times, because even in those hard times, there are gifts, there are blessings, and you just kind of have to be open to seeing what they are rather than stuck in the muck. So. Yeah, it's like that space, The the even if it's just once an hour, get up, take a, take a walk, it's giving yourself the space to reframe, to be more yes. intentional about the reframe yeah. of it all. Yeah. And that yeah. brings us back to photography for talking about reframing. 
Yes. Full circle yes. here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Lisa, it was such a joy talking to you. Can you let us know? Well, you can say it here and we'll put it in the show notes where to find you if anyone's interested in the cup of gratitude and all that. Yep. So on Instagram, I am Saturday underscore sunrise. I have um, a Facebook page, Lisa Berman Life Coach. My website is lisabermanlifecoach.com. So I do have a weekly newsletter that people can sign up for there. I also have a retreat coming up, a one-day retreat, October 15th. So if you live in New Hampshire or New England, um, the details for that are on my website as well. Um, And so I think those are the places you can find me and I will write, send you that information as well. So that awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. This was, this was so much fun. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I can't wait to go out and take pictures today. I like yes. to pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Go, go to the beach and take, yeah, I, right. It is always that. I know when you posted that, I was like, pictures of self-care. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yes, let's normalize it. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you're not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.